everybody. Welcome to Incorruptible Massachusetts. Our mission here is to help you understand state politics. We talk about why it is so broken, what we can have here in Massachusetts if we fixed it, and how you can get involved. And today we're going to talk about something that is completely broken. We're going to talk about unemployment insurance. Um, and how we pay for unemployment uh, in general. And we have an amazing special guest here, but before I get to uh, Molly Kibbe, I'm gonna introduce um, my lovely co-host, Jordan Bird Powers. Hello everyone, my name is Jordan Bird Powers. I use he, him, and I have experience in progressive politics in Massachusetts. And I am very excited about this conversation today. Um, Molly explained this to me in a way that I, when I didn't understand it, so I'm just excited for all of us to dig in. I am Anna Callahan, she, her, coming at you from Medford, um, and I have been pretty engaged in progressive politics in Massachusetts for quite a few years, um, and, uh, and I would, I'm so excited to introduce um, Molly Kibbe, a total expert on unemployment, um, and Molly, do you just want to give us a, a brief introduction about who you are and how you got interested in unemployment in Massachusetts? Hi, my name is Molly Kibbe, she, her. Um, I am an accountant, um, I'm, I'm educated in accountancy and I got uh, interested in unemployment insurance um, from in response to the pandemic. Um, a lot of my friends and myself needed insurance, uh, unemployment insurance um, because of the public health crisis. And I noticed that a lot of people didn't have, uh, one had a hard time accessing the funds and that um, piqued my interest into why the funds were hard to access. And then um, I ended up looking into the tax structure and the, the trust fund. Okay, so first, just to get people interested, um, obviously throughout the pandemic, it's been crazy important for people to be able to get unemployment um, with the lockdowns and not restaurants closing and everything closing. Um, a ton of people were thrown uh, out of their jobs. Um, but I think as you, what I learned from you, I think what both of us learned from you is that, um, our whole system of unemployment in Massachusetts is totally broken, unfortunately. And Molly, can you tell us some of the ways in which it is really, really broken? So unfortunately, the Massachusetts Unemployment Insurance Trust Fund, um, it was not ready for recessionary times, never mind um, emergencies like, like the, um, the public health crisis. Um, and the, there were not enough funds to cover um, the, the amount of people that needed uninsurance, um, that needed benefits. Um, so the well went dry. Um, and and now the state um, is covering um, is covering the the needed revenue through go, going through bonding, and we are paying interest on on those bonds. Um, the other part is the payments themselves. Um, they do not cover uh, purchase power. So when people actually qualify for unemployment benefits, they don't receive enough to even cover basic needs like rent or food or medicine. Um, so why have a social, um, a social um, security system um, or so why have social benefits when they're not even doing the, the, the purpose? So if they're not like covering the, the basic needs, then um, what's the point of the program? Yeah. So just for 
for clarity, I remember when I talked to you, which was quite a while ago, maybe a couple of years ago, but it was still after COVID had begun and the, when the lockdowns had started, um, you were saying the, the funds for unemployment insurance in Massachusetts might run out. They might run out. And now what you're telling us is they have already run out. This is not a thing that might happen. This is a thing that has happened. We ran out of money for unemployment insurance. Is that right? Yes, um, we, we did run out in um, between the years of 2020 and 21. Um, there are measures, like the federal government is, there are programs on the books like, like with the federal government for like if and when states do run out of money. Um, so the states are eligible to borrow funds from the federal government so that payments can keep flowing. But it's just very unfortunate that Massachusetts let it get to this point. Um, for decades, uh, the tax rate, the tax rate has been regressive and not high enough to actually collect enough revenue, and the tax base has been extremely low, leading it to be regressive and not collecting enough money. Um, so yeah, and we in two thousand and eight, um, we didn't run out of money, but we had a situation where we were getting close to it, but the state did even decided then not to not to really dig in and like fix the program they just kept um giving tax break after tax break um the state actually calls it a tax freeze and every year the um state legislature decides to reenact this uh this this tax freeze um which businesses it sounds lovely but it's taking the can that down the road and the program is still regressive so if they were to just like reform reform the program, um, smaller, small businesses would be paying less and um, high earning individuals uh, would be paying their, their fair share and we would be collecting enough money. Okay, so when you say, yeah, go when, ahead. When you say high earning individuals, you mean like the Walmarts, the Targets, the like larger businesses? Um, so the way the tax works is the employer is taxed based on the employee's salary. So when yep. I say high earners, I'm talking about the, um, the banks, the insurance companies, the tech firms who have employees that are making 180 plus thousand dollars a year. Um, right now, the, it, on an individual who's making $180,000 a year, only, 15, only the first $15,000 of their salary is being taxed so to be clear for regular for for regular people <laughs> this is this is bonkers um the yes. reason that the legislature doesn't want to fix this is that it would require some of these businesses to pay more taxes and the people yes. who would likely pay the larger taxes are some of these larger the hospital systems the tech industries some of these people who have higher who have higher earners um and you know, another way of saying that is all the people who have power in the state yes. and the people who are being heard are people who need unemployment. Um, and it's even more bonkers because they're only taxing the first 15,000. So it's really like a lot of people who are getting, un, un, you know, untaxed in this system that is hard for us to fathom how dumb it is. <laughs> yes. And it also sounded like from what you said that when you say we have a regressive tax system, that small businesses are paying higher rates than large businesses. Yes. 
because of the tax ceiling and because of um, the tax rate, um, small businesses burden uh, like a higher tax liability. So with the tax rate, um, Massachusetts has chosen to use an experience rate system, which Massachusetts does not have to choose to use the experience rate system. Um, so when a business uses unemployment insurance a lot, their insurance, their, their tax rate goes up. They are called a heavy user. The issue with this is heavy users, um, they tend to be in industries that are um, one essential um, and they work a lot like, like it's a lot of people to people interaction um, and our society like really needs these industries. It's like um, restaurants and it is the construction industry. Um, so this experience rate system, it ends up hurting um, one smaller businesses and it hurts the industries that we really need to, we really need for like society to function. So if um, I would rephrase it, experience rate system, that sounds like, it doesn't even sound like what it is to me. Like when I hear experience rate system, it's like, oh, the more experience you have, blah, blah, blah. It sounds like what they're saying is like punishing you for using unemployment. Yes. If you're, if you have people who, if you have employees who need unemployment, then we're going to punish you and make you pay more for the next employees to be able to get unemployment. That's insane. And the rationale behind it is it's, it's a deterrent mechanism in like economics. So like if, if you, if we punish you with like, if we punish you with higher fees in the long run, we are deterring you from one scamming the system and two using the system. Um, but with, with this type of structure, we end up punishing businesses at the very time we, we can't afford to punish businesses and that's during recessions. Ugh, yeah. Crazy. So let me ask you this. Um, it sounds like there's a ton of things that are broken in the system. Like if we had, we obviously need to reform the system just to be able to pay for it. And, and now, since we have already run out of money, we're like paying huge interest rates, which we would not have to pay if we just fixed the system. Um, and also it's totally regressive and small businesses are paying more than large businesses and all these things are broken. So is Massachusetts like alone in this? And how long has this been going on? So um, unfortunately, Massachusetts is not alone in this. Um, this is a national issue. Um, the federal government, um, the Department of Labor um, prints out studies on this where other states, including Massachusetts, um, have not been collecting enough in taxes for a while to hit certain Department of Labor benchmarks. Um, and those benchmarks are to prepare states for um, recessionary or emergency times. Um, since the Department of Labor started um, measuring back in 2006, Massachusetts has been ineligible for, um, for interest-free federal loans. Um, the federal government offers these federal loans, um, one to incentivize states having, having, their, having their tax structure and their, and their trust fund solvent. Um, but it also offers these loans um, to prepare for, for, for emergencies like a pandemic. 
Um, unfortunately, Massachusetts didn't qualify for these interest-free loans, so we um, had to go out for bonding and now are paying interest on those bonds. Um, and a number of states had to do this as well in, in, in the United States. Yep, and you say in the United States, so uh, I'm gonna guess like with things like Medicare for all, <laughs> that other countries, you know, at least some other countries kind of know what they're doing and have been doing something better than, than we have. Do you have any examples of other countries that maybe have systems that work better? I, I do have some examples. Um, Germany and Norway, um, they do have a unemployment uh, system. Um, their systems actually include um, their social insurance and like universal um, health care along with this tax rate. Um, and their tax ceiling is not 15,000. It is full wages um, and it is taxed on the employee and the employer. So, and the tax rate is much lower than the tax rate in say Massachusetts. Um, the tax rates hover uh, well below uh, in Germany, it's at 1.5%. And the tax rate, the, the, the volatility in Massachusetts um, can be between 0.5 and 18%. Wow. And so um, obviously there was a lot of talk uh, about this issue because um, Governor Baker proposed <laughs> a quote unquote fix to this problem. Um, can you talk a little bit about what Governor Baker <laughs> wanted to do in the so-called uh, fix of this issue? So the fix included going out for bonding instead of um, paying the federal government um, <laughs> directly for like, like directly for the loan. Um, but we still owe tax uh, or we still owe interest on bonding. Um, the other fix is to um, keep keep the tax break for the businesses because that we I, they can't experience a huge tax increase during recessionary time, which makes sense. Um, but here's the kicker. They kept the tax break or they kept the freeze, but then they added an excise tax. And so it was, it's not fixing anything. We're still like not collecting enough to, to, to pay off this, the, the bonds in, in a timely manner. And we're not collecting enough to actually become eligible for future interest-free borrowing. And we're not collecting enough so that people can receive benefit payments that cover the cost of living. And that's the purpose of, of this whole program. It's to help employees, it's to help workers get from one job to the next without break with, without becoming homeless, without being able to feed their family. Because we know as a society, we value and we think it's important to that people have shelter and that they have access to food because ultimately we're, we, we are better workers and better community members when our needs are met. I mean, and, you know, to be clear, we're, we're, you know, these corporations, these profits, they're making record profits. We could ease themselves into that. We could ease them into it by, I don't know, raising the rate, raising the amount that's taxed a thousand dollars a year, right? Like there are ways if we were serious about providing unemployment insurance that we could do this in a way that doesn't cause economic shock. It's just that the people in power 
don't want to do it. So, and so they won't do the right thing. Completely agree. And an example of that. So reform has been called for, for decades. So since, since 97, um, people have been asking for, Sorry. people have been asking for a higher, let's create another one of these guys, ceiling. right? Yeah, 1997, <laughs> which I know for me feels not that far along ago, but it was. <laughs> and the tax ceiling, it was 10,897. Oh. It went to then Four thousand in oh four, and then fifteen thousand in two thousand sixteen. So that's an example of like, yes, we can, we can reform this tax structure slowly, but it should not be slower. It shouldn't be that slow. Yeah, and the ceiling thing is just crazy. I assume that in some other countries or other states, like they just they don't have a ceiling. Um, the one state in um, the United States that is aggressively increasing their tax ceiling is Washington State. I don't know what it is right now, but I know uh, as of last year, is around forty-five thousand. Um, yeah, but that's the only one. So this is a this is a national issue. Oh um, other countries, other countries like Norway and Germany, they um, and Australia, they do not have the ceiling because full, the full wages is taxed. Yeah, exactly. Um, I know that you have spent a couple of years like talk, trying to get some of these changes, um, you know, even just on the agenda of the state legislature. Um, and I'm curious uh, if there's anything that you heard um, from people in the legislature, um, and we don't need to name names or anything, but like if there's any um, things that you heard that surprised you as you were talking to people? Was there, you know, did, was there any pushback that you thought was, you know, not what you expected? Um, or what was the general sense? Like, did, were people open to this? Like, how far has this made it in there? Um, what can you tell us? Um, the biggest piece of pushback was the benefit payments. Um, talking about increasing the benefit payments. Um, right now, it it's about 40% of what somebody was making before that they were laid off. Um, and there is heavy lobby, lobbying against increasing the, the benefit payments. Um, one, of the, one of the things that on the lobbying side people say is that Massachusetts already has very generous benefit payments, um, but they're comparing that, um, they're comparing that to other states with a lower cost of living. Um, so our benefit payments are like when you, when you compare cost of livings, you know, we're, we're not even, Massachusetts is, is still just as low as, as other states. Um, so I was barely surprised that the legislature wasn't more excited to think about what people need in their pocketbooks to pay rent and to, and to pay food. Um, the other, the other piece is that this tax structure and the benefits in the system, it's so large that it's, it's hard to reform. So it's kind of like everybody is afraid to like roll up their sleeves and like, let's figure out a long, like a long-term solution and let's, let's dig in. Um, the sense that I got was, let's just do small measures just to get through the next fiscal year. 
Yeah. And as far as solutions, what do you recommend? Like, what do you, what are some of the things that you think should be changed? Um, I believe that the experience rate system, it should be abolished. Um, the punishment system. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's just not needed. Um, it would make things simple. It would make the tax rate proportional um, and it would bring in more revenue. Um, I believe that the, ben the benefit payments, it, they, should, um, they should consider purchase power more um, instead of um, completely impoverishing people when they are at their most vulnerable. Um, and then I think that the tax base should capture full wages rather than the first $15,000. Yeah. Sorry, I just want to say that I think um, the, <laughs> I think that that could be the legislature's like official motto, doing small things to get to the next fiscal, <laughs> to next to the fiscal quarter <laughs> is pretty much the Massachusetts Democratic Party's motto. <laughs> 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 that's great yeah i like it <laughs> i can see it on a banner <laughs> yeah and is there anything that uh that listeners um or viewers can do can they what's is there anything they can join is there anything that they can um you know ask their elected officials to do um, you can always email uh, your state representative and your state senator. Um, say that you care about uh, you care about taxation. You want it to be proportional, um, and you want um, unemployment insurance benefits to cover the cost of living. Um, there's also a website uh, people can visit: unemploymentinsurancereform.org. Um, there's a newsletter sign-up list. Um, there's a full proposal, there's a fact sheet, um, and more ways to engage with this topic. Amazing. Great. Any final words? It's so great to have you. Um, I've, I've really enjoyed over the last few years just talking to you about this I think complex issue, but super important issue. Um, and thanks for breaking it down and making it so understandable for everyone. Thank you for your time, Anna. Thank you for your time, Jordan. And thank you for um, the opportunity to talk about unemployment insurance reform. Thank Wonderful. you for all, thank you for your advocacy on this. Like no one else I saw really pick it up like this and explain it and, and really head off some of the really bad ideas that are trying to be pushed out there. So thank you for your advocacy on this. Fantastic. We will see everybody next week.